welcome back to episode 64 of the Business of Making podcast. In today's episode, we're going to talk about what to do when your inspiration disappears, when you've lost your mojo, you're not feeling creative, which can be quite a bit of a problem when you run a creative business. But before we dive into today's episode, I'd love to encourage you, if you haven't done so yet, to go to the stateofhandmade.com and to be a part of the largest handmade industry survey ever organized. Our industry, the handmade industry, is severely under-researched and just like you would love to have actual data on how much sellers make every month, for example, or how many hours they work on their shop and oh so much more. We aim to make this the biggest survey of handmade business owners that has ever been done. It's completely anonymous and of course once we analyze it, we are going to share the results with you right here on this show. We'd love you to be a part of the story, so please head on over to thestateofhandmade.com to contribute. And now, back to the show. Do you want to make it as a maker? This is the Business of Making podcast with your hosts, Michaela Denvers, Deb Engelmeyer, and Jess Van Den. We know from experience that growing a handmade business is bloody hard work. We're here to make it a little bit easier for you by dishing out reality-based, no BS, tried and tested advice on how to make your business work. Tune in every week for an honest conversation on what it really takes to make a creative business a success. Welcome everyone. Welcome back to episode 64 of The Business of Making. This is Deb and as always, I'm here with Jess. Hello. And Mick. Hello. And today we're going to talk about what to do when your inspiration disappears or your creativity is gone and you're like, it's never coming back. (laughs) And I need it to because that's how I make a living. (laughs) So that's a problem. But before uh, we dive in, I wanted to give a shout out to Gary. Gary is one of our Patreon, Patron, I keep on messing those two words up. So he's a Patron from (laughs) Patreon.com. And he used to be a gold uh, Patron, but he just upgraded to Platinum. So thank you, Gary. Everyone should be more like Gary. Thanks, Gary. Be like Gary. (laughs) (laughs) Be a Gary, everyone. And um, that's probably because we just announced, in case you've missed it, we just announced that we were changing things up a little bit this year and that we're actually going to have um, Patreon-only episodes. And the next, the first one, actually, is next week, I yeah. believe. Um, mm-hmm. So we're really excited about that. We're actually going to record it next. <laughs> and we prep for it. Like, we are ready. So It's amazing, this novel idea of prepping. <laughs> yeah, I know. Like, we have an outline, like, things, like, so organized that it's great. Um, so we're really excited about it. And um, Gary, thank you so much. Gary, um, you can find him at hugowoodshop.com. And I really recommend going and checking out his website and especially the About Me page where you can learn more about him. He's an accountant that, uh, who uses woodwork as a way to escape computers. I just love this. Yeah, interview. I love that. It's so good. <laughs> I love that so much. I need something to escape my computer too. Um, <laughs> Gary, I definitely should be more like Gary. Um, and he also has a ragdoll cat that I really recommend you go and check out. <laughs> so, more importantly, um, check more out. More importantly, yeah. that beautiful uh, wooden toys, wooden balls, and really just everything is really beautiful. So um, hugowoodshop.com, and it's also on our website at thebusinessofmaking.com slash supporters. Yay, Gary. Gary. Thank you. 
And thank you to all of our Platinum patrons. We're really excited to bring this new patron-only episode because they're going to be, yeah, we're planning on them being like really in-depth and useful episodes for you. Not that our normal ones aren't useful, you know, but especially special. Well, yeah, they'll also be a bit longer too, I think, in general. Bit longer and definitely more uh, step-by-step actionable. Like we want you to be able to like have a clear outcome and like learn something very specific during those episodes. So it's not like we're not going to be chatty as we all, because that's what we do. (laughs) But it is definitely more uh, organized. Yeah. I'm really excited about it too. Um, So today, lack of inspiration. I want to pass the mic, like it's a thing that we do. We're totally not in person, but (laughs) to, to Jess, because I feel like, um, you would have run into this issue where you're like, okay, I don't have anything in me to create a new product right now. So mm-hmm. how do you usually deal with that? Yeah, it's an awful feeling, the first, especially the first time it happens because you freak out and think that that's it, you're done. Uh, I've been doing it, this for my jewellery for 12 years now. And what I have learned is that it is a normal part of the process, at least for me and I think for a lot of people Uh, this kind of creative cycle where you feel really inspired for a while and you have all these ideas and then suddenly it disappears and you're like, oh, my God, that's it, I'm done. Uh, And then it comes back and you're like, oh, I'm excited. So I think the first thing to do is don't panic. Like, you know, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy cover, don't panic when this happens to you, if and when this happens to you, because it's a very normal part of the creative process. I mean, think about what's a really good example of this in culture that people talk about all the time that happens to creatives. I think Deb mentioned it earlier, writer's block. Did I? Oh, yeah, writer's block. I did Mm. mention that offline and then now my brain just froze. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not stupid. I'm just panicking. Yeah, I was just like, I was just like, oh, I don't know. Is she asking the question like rhetoric? Like, is she going to answer it or do we... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah like that's, yeah that's true yeah writer's yeah. block i have that all the time like or like you know mm-hmm. the, the the starving struggling artist who mm. you know can't find their inspiration like it's a pretty common trope and the, it's a trope for a reason because it happens to everybody um and there's a couple of ways to deal with it and we're going to talk about what those couple of ways are but yeah i just want to say don't freak out when it does happen to you the good thing about running a business like a creative business like a handmade business is that even if you're having a bit of a, a block of creativity or you feel like you've lost your inspiration, there's always other things you can work on uh, that you can divert your attention to and focus on and improve. So that's one strategy is to actually, okay, just accept it, let it be and try a different job for a while, actually like focus on a different part of your business and, I think it's I think it's really important to because a lot of people are probably thinking, oh, I've lost my inspiration slash creativity about my actual craft. Mm. But the point is, business is creative as well. So you might be able to tap into a different type of creativity if you're working on different mm. aspects of your business. Like, why don't you focus on printing up your Instagram for a while, or why don't you focus on brainstorming new ways to find customers? Like, those are all actually creative things. They're just mm. a different type of creativity. Yeah. I actually love doing that and like it's something that I've started doing more this year well last year because it's just a new year now isn't it like in the last 12 months um 
And it's really when something isn't flowing and usually for me, it's content. So I'm planning mm-hmm. a video or we're thinking about podcasts and that type of stuff. And we do so much of it that sometimes your brain is like, I don't know how to talk about this anymore. Like I can't remember my own thoughts like on this topic. And instead of fighting it and making yourself crazy, forcing and, you know, resisting this, I actually sort of give up, as you said, and go, mm-hmm. okay, I'm just going to decide not to do this today as I plan to what was going to, what was I going to do tomorrow? Let's do that now. And that way that creates more room tomorrow to try mm. again. And, you know, in between I'll go outside of the house and I'll walk and I'll make sure that the next day I feel a bit more refreshed. But when you're forcing too much, it's just, it, you're going to hit a wall. Mm. And the flip side of that is be a professional. So, you know, if creating if creating new designs is integral to your particular business model. So if you, for example, kind of work on the fashion business model where you release a new collection on a regular basis, then the pressure is there, obviously, to always be coming up with a new design or a new lot of designs. Mm. So one question I would ask you is, have you made space in your life and in your schedule to actually come up with those designs or are you, is it getting left to the wayside? This is what happened to me a lot. It would kind of get squeezed into the times between all the other busy work that I was doing rather than actually making dedicated space mm. to be creative. Because I think a, a really bad misconception about creative work is that you have to wait for inspiration, which mm. I think is nonsense. Um, you, you don't, don't wait for inspiration to hit like some mm. magical muse out of the sky, like make the space and then sit down and kind of, do the work. Like I'll give you a couple of examples. One, like um, Deb was just talking about content. So this last December I had a break from content creation. I think you did too, Deb. Yeah. Um, And I actually literally made space in my calendar like multiple days. And I'm like, all I'm going to do on these days, literally, except for, you know, answer urgent emails, literally all I'm going to do is sit down and plan out my content calendar for for the whole of 2020, which at the time seemed completely daunting because I was like, I feel like I've run out of ideas. I don't know what to talk about anymore. Mm. But then when I sat down and just, I started with a brainstorm, you know, just free association sort of, okay, what are all the things I can talk about? Um, I looked for inspiration in like Facebook groups, like stuff people were discussing, like Mm. that sort of thing. And lo and behold, in two days or even mostly in one day, I had literally planned a whole year of content and I was like, Mm. wow, how did that happen? And when it comes to jewellery, I literally will take my notebook, I will go sit down at my studio and I'm like, I'm going to sit here for an hour and I'm just going to sketch Mm. and see what ideas come out of my hand. Um, And one of the upsides for me of that is that I have a very defined niche, right? So I have have very strong constraints around my creativity when it comes to ethereal um, because everything I make has to fit in the niche of, you know, minimalist, sterling silver using and I basically only try to use the materials I already have and I actually sometimes what I'll do is like I have this range of earrings um, my simple threader earrings I have something like 55 different designs and I literally use the same base material which is a four inch length of one millimeter sterling silver wire I use the same base material for every single one of those designs like and I challenge myself I'm like what other shapes can I come up with using Mm. that thing that it could turn into earrings and Mm. it's amazing when you give yourself those sort of constraints, mm. what you can come up with as well. It's really interesting that you phrase it like that because that's how we teach uh, design at uni basically because it is those constraints that force you to think of the other alternative 
solutions. It's not like you said about, you know, just letting inspiration hit you. It's about problem solving and that's what creativity is. Mm. And a lot of people only, um, you know, think that creativity is artistic ability, which it's not. It's completely, they're completely different things. Um, So creative ability is about problem solving and having those constraints is what helps you because we find when we give the students no constraints too broad, Mm. they just, they can't articulate anything because they don't know what the solution should look like. Mm. So, yeah, that's really interesting. It's a good exercise, I think, to do. Yeah, definitely. Set yourself some constraints. Yeah. Hey there, Maker. Are you loving the podcast as much as we love bringing it to you? If so, we'd love to talk to you about becoming one of our supporters. You can support us on Patreon for as little as a dollar a month. Depending on your level of support, you can get perks like behind the scenes and extra special content, including video, a link to your shop on our website, and even a shout out on the podcast. Every month, we also release a secret podcast episode available only to Platinum Patrons. Just head on over to thebusinessofmaking.com slash support. And something that seemed to be a block for a lot of people, or I know I've definitely talked to a few uh, members inside of HQ about this, it's, it's the problem that you start thinking about what you're making as will it sell before you even Mm. finish like your draft you know like you're already Mm. thinking about oh but that's not going to fit into this collection and that's not going to you know like overthinking that and I think it can get to a point where you're looking at what other makers in your niche with a similar aesthetics and style of doing and you're like oh but that looks too much like this and you're just sort of actually um, not letting your creativity come out and the fact is that you really need to be able to do that so I think there is a um, and sometimes it's good to also give yourself time to create something without necessarily keeping in mind that you want to sell it, just like mm-hmm. create something and maybe making room inside, like in your week to have a couple hours where you just actually show up to create, not necessarily something that's going to end up in your shop, but first, because remember it's something you used to like to do. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, so that's good for you as well. Cause you're not, you know, you're actually still creating stuff and enjoying it. Um, but that's also sort of like letting your brain think about things differently and going, oh, yeah, mm. look, this thing that I did yesterday, actually I could tie that in with my current collection if I change mm. that a little bit. Um, yeah. And so I think that, that time, that room for, for that time and that playfulness a bit as well mm. rather than just going like, well, I have an hour and a half on Friday to come up with three products <laughs> and that's about that. And you're like, wow, that's crazy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Crazy. <laughs> I think that's really important. I've been posting about that a bit on my Facebook group recently about just doing artistic stuff for fun and for hobbies and nothing to do with business. And yeah, I'm personally trying to do more illustration stuff. I'm challenging myself to learn how to draw better because I get really frustrated. I draw and I don't like it. So then (laughs) I don't do it. I'm like, well, maybe I should practice more and learn how to do it and then I can do it. But it's never with the intention to sell. Mm ever like that's mm. just for me it's not for anyone yeah, it's just for the for actual me. process not necessarily yeah. the yeah, outcome totally. yeah i mean mm. I, that's definitely what i do when i'm painting i wouldn't sell yeah i wouldn't yeah. sell that <laughs> yeah and then and, totally. you know like Devin mix saying in another media too don't just stick to like if you're yeah. you don't just stick to jewelry go to paint a picture or draw something or whatever like try different or write or yeah type different music, type anything yeah, dancing, whatever you like. That. If you just like moving your body, mm. like go out and 
dance. Mm. I do that. That's mm. definitely not for anyone except for me. <laughs> oh, come on. Can't we put it on our Instagram stories? Uh, no. <laughs> yeah. um, one thing I was going to ask you guys, uh, if you've seen in your groups, which I'm sure you have, this sort of um, feeling uninspired or unmotivated to do whatever with the products that people have that then manifesting into actually changing direction in the business when Mm. that's possibly not what they should be doing. Um, And so you sort of see people, um, I don't want to use the word flip-flopping, but it kind of tends to end up being a bit Mm flip-flopping like around because they're kind of just becoming a little bit bored with what they're doing. And I know, Jess, you can speak to this a lot (laughs) because you've had a lot of episodes and whatnot about it um, and blog posts about knowing that it's work now Mm. and it's not a hobby and it's Mm. not going to be enjoyable all the time, but that doesn't necessarily mean it's time for a change. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And this is, this is definitely a problem. And again, I think it comes back to a few things. Number one, for us, for my business, it's literally my livelihood. I don't have the, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Luxury of just throwing in the stuff that I don't want to do anymore and, you know, moving on to something else because it sells and it makes us money and we need to eat. So, you know, there is <laughs> there is that aspect of things. It's like, well, this particular ring I've made 11 billion times. It's not exactly exciting to make it the 11 billionth and one time, mm. but it's important and it's, you know, what keeps our business going and it's, it's our livelihood. So, yeah, it definitely changes your relationship with them and I'm not going to retire a design that makes me money just because I'm a little bit, over making it um Mm. what helps me with that and i'm sure i've talked about this before is flipping my mindset um so instead of just going oh my god i have to make this design again i'm like who am i making it for i'm actually like think about one gratitude someone has actually chosen to pay me money to make this thing for them two it's really important to them what's their story who is the person i'm making it for i'm making this for a real human being it's not just some random Mm. thing I'm making like this will be especially for like a wedding ring or something this will be on someone's Mm. finger possibly for the rest of their lives like this is important Mm. but even if it's a a pair of earrings it's like you know someone's chosen to invest in me and make and and that that usually flips my mindset and I'm like oh that's awesome and makes me happy and again about it um but yes back to your point Mick sometimes people then just kind of throw in the towel of what they're doing and go in a completely new direction which you know, sometimes my work, but a lot of the times it's just that trying to chase the excitement again. Mm. Um, and if you're running a business, like imagine if Apple just went, yeah, we're over making the iPhone now. We're just going to do something else. <laughs> <laughs> like we're, we've done this, you know, we don't need to keep doing it. Uh, let's, let's just, I don't know, work on spaceships instead. Like, why? What, what are you doing? Yeah. You crazy people. Like mm. this is your niche. This is what you built a business in. Maybe, you know, start a second business. Not that I'm recommending that necessarily is a good idea, but if you want to do something completely different, do it as a mm. hobby first on the side and just see what happens. But, yeah, don't don't make that mistake of, of changing your designs slash niche slash branding like on a regular basis. Like I see people do this like every six months or every year. They're like bored mm. of their or something. They feel like that's the thing that's making not making them successful, if you know what I mean. Like, mm. yes, that's the problem. Yes, I'm seeing, yeah, yeah, I'm seeing it's rebranding a little bit, and I'm like, oh, <laughs> like people worrying about their name and changing their name. I see this sometimes, people mm. changing their name on a regular basis, and something like, stop it, just go with what, like, unless it's terrible yeah. what you have now, mm. go with what you've got now, 
build on that. Stop getting distracted by this stuff. This is not the real mm. work of business. You're, you're distracting yourself from the real work of business. Um, you need to just settle with it for a while, move on mm. and focus on some other stuff and then come mm. back. Not to say you can't change it in the future uh, or uh, overhaul or upgrade. Goodness knows we've all done that and it probably is necessary every so often. But, yeah, don't make it the excuse that, oh, my business isn't succeeding because my name's not quite right. That's not true. Yeah, yeah. Totally. I think that um, was a, a became really clear to me just in like, you know, viewing what um, students and other people in the industry are doing, but also um, listening to an, a podcast by Amy Porterfield who had a terrible branding for many years and her website was like pretty bad. And she was like, that's because I focused on my product and my customer, mm. product, customer, mm. product, customer. And she built up a following of you know, however many it was and millions of dollars and blah, 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 and then rebranded and nobody cared because they were already <laughs> part of yeah. the whole thing of yeah. it. So Same with, yeah, like, uh, just... Marie Folio. Like, until, like, two years yeah. ago, a website looked like a WordPress template that you could buy, yeah. I guess, from, for free somewhere. Mm. Like, she didn't care about that because it's not what matters. Mm. Yeah, because you just have to do it. Mm. Like, you just bloody well do it, get it done, done's better than perfect, yes. and then you can redo it later. Mm. So yeah. that was a tangent, but I think it was a valuable yeah, tangent. <laughs> yeah. No, no, it was the good. Other, the other, um, other app happened as well, which is kind of what I was saying before, but it taking it to the next level. I had that recently with someone who started a shop, decided on uh, a brand and a vision and kind of like an aesthetic she was going to follow. It was jewelry. And realized after a few months of running it that she was already um, not enjoying um, what she was making because she actually just trying to fit into what was trendy, mm. what uh the most sellers out there seem to be doing and she had the skills to do something really like to do the same thing really she was like i know how to use um this what was uh polymer clay to do this yeah so i'm just going to go with that style but eventually she was like i'm already like not i'm barely making sales and i'm already not happy with that like this is not me and i'm feeling like constricted in this thing and it's just like and, I, and, and that's when we talked about how about you stop and you just play you you, you become playful again and mm. you find yourself as a designer and, and, and figure out what works for you, then you can mm. always incorporate trends a little bit just by way of colors and stuff. Mm. Um, but you don't have to sort of try to fit in so much into a market that you hate what you're making because um, yeah, that's, that's effectively no not like, you know, sustainable for 15 years. Like you're just, you know, <laughs> why are you doing it? You might as well just get a job you hate and do your hobby on the side. Yeah. 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 And I think that's um, that kind of brought up my thinking of my first few years in the first few years of Ethereal, I didn't really have any idea what I was doing. Like, I, in other words, I didn't really know what my brand and niche were. Like, they were developing still. And that's mm. if that's you, that's okay. Like, you don't have to know what your brand is. You don't have to know exactly what your business is about. You don't have to know what your micro niche is. You have to keep trying and you have to keep doing things. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. It's like a work in progress. Yeah. Like, you can't ignore it. No. You can't just say, oh, my brand doesn't matter. I hope that our last little tangent didn't like come across as that, like your brand doesn't matter because it definitely does, yeah. but other things come first mm. and it's always a work in progress. Yeah. It took me like four years to get to where I was like, my brand was actually consistent and my products were consistent. And that was because I put stuff out to the marketplace and I saw what sold and I kept mm -hmm. making more of the sort of stuff that sold and that my business just gently sort of veered in that direction and I started dropping and letting go of the other sort of tangents that I'd gone on. Mm. But if I hadn't thrown all that stuff against the wall, I wouldn't know what sticks, you know. Mm. So mm. don't be afraid to, to do that. Um, they were all like 
don't get me wrong, they were all the stuff I was making was still kind of, you know, using sterling silver, but I like made one collection with wooden beads included and another collection with like raw gemstones included. So the, the core, you know, sterling silver jewellery aspect was always there, but I kind of tried different things to see what worked. And then mm. at the end of the day came back to sort of the simple stuff. I think partially my brain was like, that's too, that's too simple. You can't just have like plain sterling silver jewelry without all these fancy things, but guess what? You can. (laughs) Some people want that. And that's about serving Mm. the customers that like what you you make. So, yeah. Yeah. All right. Do we have any other beautiful ideas to share? (laughs) Um, I was just going to revisit something that I think I've touched on previously in terms of like getting out of the funk Um, and it's about doing creative warm-ups, which is basically doing whatever takes your fancy to get into what you should be doing before doing it. So like if you need to be creating new product, maybe watch a couple of YouTube videos of really great product design or something or Mm. listen to a podcast on whatever's related but at the same time you need to work out what works for you in terms of that because you could like if you go down the path of just looking at all these awesome people doing stuff that is in direct competition with you (laughs) and that might actually put a dampener on things and make you feel lower than you are so um yeah try and try and find out what you can look at listen to or do as a warm-up before you have to sit down and do the thing. Yeah. yeah, that's a really great point. And it actually made me think about another thing, which is switch your brain on. So like mm. what, what works for you? Exercise works for me. I mm. go exercise. Um, if you drink coffee, maybe have a coffee or two. Um, is, you know, talking to someone, does, do you need to, are you verbal? Do you need to like have a conversation about something with people? Like think about different ways that work for you to, to get your, your energy up because by getting your mm. energy up, it'll help you with your creativity as well. If you're feeling really flat and depressed and just want to lie in bed all day, it's going to be real hard. Anything you're going to create, you're going to be like, I look so bad. No one's going to like this. (laughs) Yeah. So you have to be in a good, hopefully, ideally, get yourself into the best mental state that you can so that you have that positive energy to to get Mm. you moving. Definitely. And I think you can give yourself permission to follow that um, like creative flow a little bit. So if you... Uh, in high energy but you're doing something that's not necessarily like a new product for your business or whatever follow that like that could be the hobby thing so Mm. you like start painting you're like oh this is this is really awesome and it's doing really good things to me and you sort of go oh but should I should be working on my business like don't worry about that for now just follow that flow Mm. and then you can come circle back around to whatever it is that you're supposed to be doing for your business yeah good point yeah awesome ladies I think we covered like a few nice really I'm going to say actionable, it kind of was mm. actionable, of what you can actually do when you're in that state of like nothing works. I do want to point out we have an episode, I think it's episode 38. Let me just check that really quickly for you. Um, 28, sorry. 28, that's about lack of motivation, which is that's a bit of an overlay there. Like it's it's similar, but it's not the same thing. Motivation is more like you actually know exactly what you have to do, but you just can't get yourself to actually do it. And we covered that. So if you think that this could be more what you have, then definitely go back to episode 28 and give it a listen. 
And that's it for today. Um, next week we have, as we were saying, our Patreon-only episode, which we're really excited about. It's all about steps to change your mindset. So we're actually going to cover what we did today plus a billion more. <laughs> and for each <laughs> of the, I'm really very comprehensive. Yeah, I'm super excited about it because it's like I feel like this is going to be an episode that you are going to be listening to like 12 times this year. Every time you feel down, <laughs> there will be an action point in it that you can go back and listen to. Um, I know I have that. I have like a bookmark of videos or podcasts that I like from other creators when, when I feel a bit down about something. I'm like, oh, that was a good video that helped me like get over this and have a good day the next day. And this is what we're creating next week. It's like something, it's kind of like a menu of solution for any mindset issues you're going to have because you're going to have issues with your mindset as a maker for sure oh, yeah. <laughs> and as a business owner. So we've created the steps to help you through that. So if you're already a Patreon and you're not a Platinum, you can consider upgrading to the Platinum tier, which is $5 a month. And um, if you're not a plat- uh, Patreon at all, just go. You can learn more at uh, patreon.com slash tbom. And that's about it. Thank you so much, everyone. Thanks, so. Thank you. Bye. Bye.